Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu I. Hey, Pastor Fanu, how are you? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, we have a, a topic that we haven't actually really fully got gotten into here on the Mission Connect podcast. I'm going to actually start off with a scripture today. It's Matthew 6 verse 21 and it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So, you know, we're going to be talking about an area in our life that uh, really has a lot to do with whether we are able to to go into the fullness of of what God is calling us to. Um, And so we're going to discuss how being stewards in this particular area actually make us available to, to be, to live on mission, to be resourced, to live on mission. And so that scripture is going to be a theme kind of throughout of where our treasure is there. Our heart will also be. Yeah, I'm excited, Emily. I think uh, this guest that we're having on, uh, Mike Crofts, he's, uh, I mean, I just really enjoyed that conversation. And, and the conversation really developed, you know. So those of you who are listening, the first part of the conversation is really how Mike came to know Christ and, and uh, some of what happened when he was in his teenage years. And then eventually how he discovered his mission and really talking about money as mission. I really uh, thought that was very insightful. And I think all of you listening uh, you're really going to be encouraged. And I think you're going to learn a lot as well. So listen intently because uh, this is going to be packed with information. Hey, it's great to have Mike Crofts on the Mission Connect podcast. Emily, I'm excited about Mike being on the podcast with us today. Yes, we're coming from a different angle that really we haven't uh, recently had a podcast about. You know, we've actually, you and I did a podcast talking about using our gifts and our skills. We've recently had a podcast about timing and using that as a resource to living on mission. And today we're coming from the angle of finances. And really, um, that is a resource that we can use to live on mission. Plus, it's a big part of our lives and how um, you know, when we talk about living for Christ, living on mission, a lot of times things like our finances get put on the back burner. So today we have um, a special guest who is a financial coach. So we're going to hear his story and really how God called him out of the music industry into um, finances and really building, helping people to build their finances and live um, really debt-free. So let's bring on our guest, Mike Crofts, to the show. Welcome, Mike. Hello, hello. Glad to be a part of the show. Great to have you on, Mike. So, Mike, why don't we start off and just right at the beginning, and you can talk to us a little bit about how you came to know the Lord. Yeah, uh, 14 years old, um, kind of in a, a church growing up, you know, my mom wanted me to be a part of the church, but you know, as a family, we weren't really um, committed. Uh, so, 14 years old, it's a Sunday afternoon. Uh, there's a local church in the area doing a play uh, called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Um, 
And so God invited my mom asked if I wanted to come out to that. I wasn't sure I wanted to go to church, but I asked a buddy of mine if he wanted to come check out the play with me. And he said, yes. And so we ended up going together uh, and, and really what that play did and kind of, you know, it was negative, negatively known for scaring people. Uh, and they literally scared, you know, the hell out of me because everyone that went to hell in that play, I like that <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended no. uh, pun intended completely everyone that was going um you know in the play everyone that was going to hell was kind of you know that was part of what i was living in my life um and everyone going to heaven you know i was not involved you know i wasn't doing any of that stuff uh and so it was an eye-opener <clears throat> um for me and uh i decided that night to uh you know that it was time to change uh and so you know they did the uh, the classic altar call thing and so i went down and got saved and um i'll say you know the the play kind of got me there uh you know to the point of saying yes but it was the relationships that i built uh and and, and the you know the youth pastor that i was involved with at the time that kept me there you know, and, and my friend, he got saved at the same time, and, and, and uh, it was the same idea. You know, it was the play that got us there, but there had to be a lot more to keep us there. Um, so, yeah, and that was, uh, oh, geez, that was a while ago. So, And so how did, how did life change after that? What, was the, what were some of the transitions that happened in life? What were some of the trajectories that you took based yeah. on the fact that now you were a believer? And obviously, like you said, you know, what the people going to heaven were doing, you weren't doing. And uh, what the people going to hell were doing, you seem to be doing some of that. Um, and so, you know, what, what was that like? What was that transition like? Especially when you come into adulthood, right? Like you're, you're making decisions on what you're going to do with your life. And how did, how did your decision to follow Christ uh, influence those decisions you made later on? Um, well, I'll tell you right off the bat, um, right off the bat, I, I felt different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know really how to explain it, but uh, I felt lighter. Like it felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulder. Uh, um, You know, as a teenager, and I think a lot of kids can kind of identify with this today, you know, you kind of struggle with depression, anxiety, all that type of stuff. And and I was kind of battling that, um, you know, 12, 13, even the earlier part of age 14. Mm -hmm. And um, after I got saved, you know, after we decided to, you know, live my life as a Christian, that stuff kind of just disappeared. I didn't struggle with any of that stuff anymore. Uh, I didn't struggle wow. with depression really much anymore. Um, you know, and part of it was I just made a choice that this was a new start for me that I was going to do things different. And so I just went into that hardcore, uh, you know, to the point where at school, <laughs> it's funny, people would, you know, hang, hang around, with, you know, the same friends at school and stuff and they'd say, man, something's different about you. Why are you always smiling? Wow. I remember wow. saying that to me, uh, you know, and so I had a lot of opportunity to share. Um, I, I didn't mind being different growing up. And so in school, you know, being a Christian amongst the non-Christians, I was comfortable there. Wow. It didn't bother me to be there. And so to have those conversations and stuff, no problem at all. A lot of times I had to defend what I believed, uh, which was fine. And um, growing up into adulthood, I, 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 you know, I, I could – pinpoint that day that sunday uh, a lot of what i have today and a lot of where i am today uh, can easily be drawn back to that sunday had i not made that decision it'd be a completely different life uh than i have today a completely different journey 
I think that's, you know, that's a miracle, uh, Mike, you know, I mean, you know, even when I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking of the average 13, 14, 15 year old, and here you are, you're a young man. And uh, obviously, uh, in order to be part of the popular crowd, there are certain expectations of, of, you know, of young people, young guys in school and high school. And the fact that you were willing to not just make a commitment for Christ, but actually follow through with it. And, and yeah. like you said, stand yeah, out mm-hmm. uh, amongst your friends. I mean, that's a miracle. And, you know, I, I don't know the stats exactly, Emily, but I think the stats basically say that uh, people that come to faith in Christ before the age of, I think it's 16 or 17, um, that's a majority of people that come to church. And I think it's so relevant to those who are listening right now that, you know, never despise that young person that walks up to the altar and makes mm-hmm. a commitment. You know, I mean, they may, they may look a little distracted. They may not know exactly what's going on. They may not understand what it all means down the road for them, but there is an element of God's Holy spirit doing a work that is really supernatural that we can't really explain, but it, I mean, the result is, as Mike is saying, there's a heart change. There's a life change. There's a, maybe not a perfection, obviously not, but then a desire for something better, a desire Mm -hmm. to live life uh, at a higher level and in a relationship with Christ. And so, Mike, is there something you would say to maybe someone that's working with young people, someone that has young people in their life, either in a ministry setting or a relational setting? What would you say to them to encourage them uh, to to take that commitment or take that responsibility seriously to influence that young person's life? Because maybe they're going to be like you at 14 or 15 or 16 and, and make a commitment that will change their life. Uh, don't give up. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I obviously I work with a lot of youth now and, and there's yeah. times where, you know, you're talking to them and and you don't know that you're getting through to them. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, you know, from being a youth at that age, um, if someone was to tell me something and and I didn't want to feel like they what they were saying was really penetrating me or um, influencing me, I would just be stone cold the whole time. Mm-hmm. But all you know, what I think is when you got something profound to say, when you're speaking to someone's life, you know, like a lot of these people are, is these kids are listening to you, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't sound, even if it doesn't look like they're listening to you, uh, they are. You know, in a way, you're planting a seed, and it takes time for a seed, you know, to grow, uh, and, you know, and for the harvest to come. And so, you know, you, you plant the seed, but you got to continue to water it, right? And so, I'd say, don't give up and continue doing what you're doing because uh, you are influencing a generation that needs to be influenced uh, in the right way. That's, That's amazing. Good. That's, That's really good. good. So why don't you take us kind of on that journey now of, so you became a believer at 14. You, yeah. um, it, it, you started to see this change in your life. Other people started to see this change in your life. So how did you begin to discover this road of, you know, eventually you uh, graduated high school and what do I do next? What's God's calling me to? What was kind of your journey there? Yeah. Um, well, when I was in high school, I had two passions, skateboarding and music. Uh, that was it. <laughs> I wasn't very good at skateboarding, so I figured I'd try new music. And at the time, I wasn't really good at music either, so I you know, just kind of fell into it. Um, <clears throat> but I noticed that when I, uh, you know, when I graduated uh, from school, at the time, I, I knew I wanted to do music. 
I just didn't know how to do it. Uh, and honestly, it took about, geez, five, six years to really get into the music industry and to do what I want to do as a musician. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, part of it was God had me on a journey. You know, as my faith, I was still growing. I was still being challenged. As you, you know, as you get, you know, get into your early 20s and get into that early adulthood phase, you start to challenge ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just natural. I started to challenge some of the stuff I was taught in the church. I started to challenge some of the ideas. Um, I started to really develop my own and kind of develop my own um, my own ways of doing things and my own ways of thinking about things. You know, it's just critical thought. Um, and so I really felt, you know, God had me for a couple of years just kind of in – I guess, you know, you call it a valley. I guess, you you know, you've probably heard that term. You know, just in a spot where, you know, we weren't moving forward. I knew what the dream was. I knew where I wanted to go. I didn't know how to get there, but I knew that God eventually was going to tie the dots if it was going to work. Right. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot, a lot of challenging in my ideas and my theology at the time, a lot of challenging in, in my personal, my character. Uh, and, that, and those couple of years really developed me to be able to go onto the road because I didn't realize how hard it was going to be on the road. Yeah. Uh, mm. Believe it or not, just because you're in a Christian band doesn't mean everyone's a Christian. Mm. Wow. And it doesn't mean there aren't drugs, you know, or sex or any of that stuff. That stuff's still out there, uh, even if you're in your Christian bubble. um, Wow. It's just not as uh, in the forefront because obviously you got to hide it. But that stuff was all there. So, you know, I look back now and I see that I was being prepared and tested Mm. and and really just building that character to go out into that world. And funny enough, you know, you think think when you're in a Christian band or touring in a Christian, you know, world and stuff, you're – you're ministering to the audience, you know, these right. guys are bringing their non-Christian friends over. You're really ministering to the guys behind the scenes. Wow. wow. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that just, uh, you know, the faith was, if there, you know, was low or there wasn't any. And, and so you're really challenging them and, and really trying to get them. And that's where the mission is, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, and still is. That's awesome. So you went from music to, uh, to right now you're a financial coach. So tell us a little bit about that journey. How, how did you go from traveling with a band and doing music to, to being a financial coach? It almost doesn't seem to, to fit. Right. So what was that? Two opposites, right? Right. Um, so what had happened was, um, uh, 2008, 2009, I got married and my wife and I, um, we really believe that we could use debt to build wealth. And so we mm. tried to do that. Um, and it didn't work. Uh, we went further, further into debt and we both worked in industries that we weren't guaranteed jobs. And so mm. we kind of saw that cliff coming, right. you know, we're driving, you know, full fledged over, you know, we're about to drive over this cliff. And so I just spent, you know, um, just out of my personal journey, I just decided we were, we were going to live life debt free. And so we spent two and a half years paying off all our debt. I would really studying what the Bible had to say about finances. I wasn't taught it in church, you know, outside of, you know, you're supposed to tie and outside Mm -hmm. of, you know, that type of stuff. Nothing was being said about how to really handle finances. Um, And I didn't even know the Bible had anything to say about it until I started studying. And I saw that the Bible actually talks more about finances and and money and possessions than it talks about faith Mm. or heaven and hell, you know? And so you know, I started to get this idea that God has a lot to say about money, uh, you know, and has a lot of, um, has a lot of ways that Christians are supposed to handle money. So I started putting this stuff into practice and it worked for me. Well, what happens is when stuff like this starts working, people start asking you to help them. 
Mm. And so it was kind of my, um, it wasn't a job, you know, I wasn't even charging. I was just giving people advice. And so I was on the road touring. I'd be coming home and mm. hopping on a phone and helping someone get out of debt or something like that. Wow. You know, this is what wow. I did to get out of debt. You should try it. Well, eventually that, you know, uh, you do that enough and it starts to become a passion. Mm. And I remember I was, I was in California on tour uh, and I really felt on my heart, God just say, this is where you're supposed to be going. This is your next step. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I just, you know, at that time in my Christian walk, I knew if God's kind of telling you to go somewhere, you just go. Mm. You know, in the past, I always fought it. And then someone said, all right, let's do it. Let's go. And I came home um, from that tour and said, all right, I'm done. Uh, we aren't going to, uh, awesome. I'm not going to get on the road anymore, but God, what do I do? What's next? Because everyone I talked to was a financial advisor or selling life insurance. I didn't want to do that. Mm. I don't want to sell products. I don't want to sell life insurance. I don't want to sell investment products. And so uh, I just started walking on that journey two years ago. And since then, we've developed programs and curriculums for students, for adults. I do a lot of talks in churches, uh, you know, on money. You know, I have a curriculum or I have a course called The Five Essentials of Personal Finance mm. uh, that I do in churches. And I do a lot of one-on-one now. Uh, and I've, I've really seen how God has kind of turned that, you know, I took the step of faith and kind of said, okay, here we go. Let's do this. Not knowing what to do. And now look back over the last two, two and a half years and see how God has really walked me through that. That's awesome. I think this is a, uh, this is an area, Mike, that is so, um, so important. And, And I think very often, um, in, in the Christian space, we don't really, um, do everything we can to, um, to influence society with, as you're saying, what the Bible says about finances. And so, uh, you know, one of the things we love to talk on the podcast is how do people discover their mission in life and how are they helping others discover their mission in life? And so uh, you're talking about finances and really what is more limiting to a person's mission and call in life than not having their finances in place and and organized, right? And because that a lot of times it holds you back because, there are things God's put on your heart to do, but because you're not wise in the way you've managed your money, um, and now you're you know you're in the hole, and so you have to do other things now to sort of make up uh, for yeah. some wrong choices and decisions. So, talk to us about mi- money as a mission. What, yeah. what do you see when it, when you think of money as a mission, and when you think of how God can utilize? And maybe you have some stories even from what you're doing right now in the last yeah. couple of years, how God can utilize this uh, desire and ability to communicate to people about how to manage wealth wisely, because really the Bible talks about God being the one who gives us the power to create wealth. And uh, the Bible talks about stewardship of wealth. Um, how, how does that actually play out um, in a practical sense? Uh, money on mission. Uh, what yeah. does that look like? Um, <laughs> well, I, I got a few stories actually uh, that I, I want to share, but um, you know, on a practical standpoint, you know, um, in my opinion, from what I see, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you some stats that I that I read uh, and that I see all the time. Seven in ten Canadians are living paycheck to paycheck. Wow. Uh, the average Canadian owns about owes about thirty five thousand dollars in consumer debt. Doesn't include wow. a car or a mortgage. Wow. Um, Canadians are spending a dollar sixty nine for every dollar they earn. Um, And the number one reason for divorce is not infidelity, not for lack of passion, but money fights and money problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the number one reason. Number one reason for divorce in North America, Uh, and you know what? It doesn't. None of these stats exclude the church. Mm -hmm. We see this in the church. Um, 
I'm a big, I'm, I, you know, I talk about giving a lot because I see uh, the, the power of a, of, a, of a generous giver, especially as Christians, you know, in the church. Right now, um, 6% of evangelical Christians actually give to their church. So wow. You're, you're that is shocking. Church, you're in a church that of 100 is. people. Uh, six people are supporting that church. Wow. Well, Statistically yeah. speaking. Statistically speaking. I mean, speaking. they say 20%, right? So, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, worldwide, it's even less. And, and the stats currently show that in the next 20 or 30 years, giving, giving is going to go down by 70%. Wow. So you're saying millennials are less likely to give than their parents were. Yeah. And their parents are like less likely to give than their parents were. We see generation to generation to generation go down, 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 down. Now I'll tell you things like monthly obligations like debt. um, You know, a lot of times we're told that it's a tool to build wealth. Well, you know what it is, it's limiting. It limits our opportunities. And what I've seen is if we stay in debt long enough, uh, we're limited as to how effective we can be Mm -hmm. in the church. And I know a lot of us pray that God will turn it around, but there's clear principles in the Bible where, you know, in Luke 16, God talks about if you can manage the little I give you, I'll give you more to manage. Right. If you can't manage what you're given, you're not going to be given more to manage. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So there's God's part and there's our part. And I really believe that money is a test. You know, how we mm-hmm. use it is a test of our character, our faith, and what we really believe. I'll tell you a story. I knew two college kids that wanted to go into the missions. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was their passion. They went to Bible school. They wanted to be missionaries. And by the time they got out of debt, they had a combined debt of $160,000. Ooh, oh my goodness and so it became wow. very clear that guess what they weren't going to do <laughs> what, they felt, what they felt called to do because right. they had their, their obligation to that debt they had to stay back and work and work and work and work uh and so i'm i'm passionate about teaching uh especially christians but you know everyone i i teach non-christians too but christians you know bible anytime anytime it talks about debt it was never in a positive Right. It says you're dumb, you're a fool, you're a slave. You know, basically, don't go into debt. Uh, and yet, we see a lot of Christians doing it. And I really believe it's the reason why we're seeing the church in Canada decrease mm. right now. Church, mm. you know, across Canada, we're decreasing in numbers and decreasing in churches. And I believe it's because we're not givers anymore, like we used to be. Well, this is a huge point you're touching on. Um, I mean, when it comes to generosity, when it comes to uh, funding the kingdom and funding the work of the gospel, and not just funding, I mean, when I say funding the work of the gospel, I mean, I'm sure that people take that to mean, you know, helping a missionary in Africa or what, which is great yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. But even even starting businesses that are kingdom mm-hmm. businesses, oh, you know, yeah. that are giving mm-hmm. back to communities, that are that are employing people, because that's part of God's mandate for our lives is, you know, is to is to be able to transform the way people around us live. And you can't do that if you're in debt yourself. You need to be right. able to be a yeah. job creator, right? And so yeah. a lot of times we don't think, and I think about, you know, Mike, I think about people like Solomon and Daniel and Joseph and these guys that were in the marketplace and they did so Huge. well and they were yeah. so smart. And yeah. generally smart, they were smart, but they were wise. You know, they had godly wisdom. And, uh, and that was huge. So, so let's talk about that just for a minute, maybe this idea of, you know, you need resources to fulfill God's mission for your life. That if you're in debt and you make bad choices, then that's going to limit you. And that's going to, you know, you're going to get stuck in a place for longer than you should be. And things are going to get delayed, if you will, yeah. in, that, in that greater timeline of your life. 
because now you've got to sort of hit the pause button on what God wants you to do because you've got to take care of some of these mistakes that you've made and try to rectify it. So give us a couple of things. I mean, I don't want you to give away your whole curriculum here because (laughs) I want people to come to you and get some info. And by the way, at the end of the podcast, we're going to get your info so people can come check you out. But give us a couple of pointers that you give, just general principles that you give people when it comes to managing their money so they can uh, have more available to give and to invest into the kingdom. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you when I read the, when I, you know, read scripture in the Bible, I, I see that there's a clear path for our finances. Proverbs 21, five tells us, you know, um, good work and hard plan lead to advantage or some versions say lead to plenty mm. and hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So the first thing I understand when it comes to finances is I, is I, is I have to have a good plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. not just work but a good plan and so a good, good plan when it comes to finances is managing your money every month uh aka doing a monthly cash flow plan or, or a monthly budget right. right now most people don't do budgets because it doesn't work for them but we, i teach a system that really gets people managing their money month mm-hmm. to month mm-hmm. um, the second thing that is very clear in the bible uh is that um Debt is dumb. <laughs> and I said, you know, uh, being in debt for too long is not a good idea. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and I, I mean, you just talk, you know, go through uh, Proverbs, you, you know, you'll get a finance lesson just reading Proverbs, you know. Uh, and so that's very clear. The second thing is, you know, we have to have money put away for an emergency. And uh, so we're walking through that. And then the last thing we do is, 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 um, you know, the Bible is very clear that we have to take care of our own family first. First, first Timothy uh, 5 8, you know, take care of your own household unless you be considered worse than an unbeliever. And so we've got to have certain systems in place that we can, um, that, that we can ensure that our family is taken care of. And that's things like investing, that's things like certain insurances. Again, I don't sell that stuff, but I, I was educated about that industry, so I understand it very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff out there that isn't good, and there's stuff that's really good and that we need. Uh, and so we talk about that stuff. And the last thing, you know, I really believe giving is huge. Right. And, mm-hmm. I, and I've already talked about this, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, the Bible is very clear on giving. Uh, A, that we can trust God to provide. If we're going to be givers, God's going to, you know, provide for us. Right. There's a, that there's a return uh, mm-hmm. with giving. Now, some people say it's it's monetary. Some people say it's not. I know in my I've I know in my life when I've been challenged to give, uh, I've always been taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I had an experience last year actually where I lost twenty five twenty to twenty five percent of my household income. Um, just one business, you know, the contract was over and all that stuff. And so we lost a good chunk of our income. And this is right around the time that I really felt challenged to start giving more, uh, you know, above and beyond tithing and all that stuff. And so we started doing that. And within a month we lost that 25% of our income, um, which by the way, the 25% of our income meant we were below every month. But, you know, we weren't, you know, it was, it was a good chunk of income. Well, anyways, every month, uh, for about three months, um, we saw opportunity come for us to continue to live at our monthly uh, allocated spending. Wow. We didn't have wow. to borrow money, which we would never do. I don't right. teach that stuff. So we wouldn't, you know, I just told God, Hey, listen, I want to keep giving. I'm not going to borrow money to do this. So you're going to have to provide somehow. And we saw God provide an opportunity for us, uh, more opportunity from work and stuff in return. And so we never had a month where we were below. That's Most people would stop giving mm-hmm. right when that happens. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. kinda, you know, scripture was very clear that God will take care. And so I was like, God, we're going to continue to give. This is it. Uh, and so that's kind of what we walk people through. 
get on a plan, you know, get out of debt, save for an emergency, save for, you know, down the road and continue to give. It's incredible. I think that's so important for um, really just uh, even this generation where everything is at our fingertips and it's, yeah. you know, like the moment you turn 18, you're getting things in the mail to get credit cards, to build your credit oh, yeah. and everything's so instant. Everything happens now. And so really it's going, you know, in, in, Everything that we do, there's seasons where we need to build, we need to plan, and this is no exception. And so it, it, this area, when you understand this too, then you can understand it as a principle for your life and really yeah. going, trusting God in every area. And this is no exception. And, and you know, seeing where God provides in moments that are unexpected. And that really builds your ability to trust him to move further into what God's called you to. So, I mean, it's a principle, an incredible principle for finances and an incredible principle for life. Right. And, and it's such a testimony that you have in just your own life of how number one, God's taught it to you. And now how you have gone out and really taken these principles that God has spoken to you and Mm. are now um, impacting other people's lives. So, yeah, and again, I'm passionate about teaching Christians this stuff because uh, you know they just don't know it, mm-hmm. um, you know, or they don't know the whole thing. And, and I find sometimes they'll let their debt dictate how they give, or they'll let their debt have control of their life over having God control of their life. Mm-hmm. And so, if we can teach them that stuff, that God's first, He promises to take care of you. You know, the debt second. Yes, we got to take care of it. We it's an obligation. We have to take care of it. But you know giving comes first and your household comes first and then the rest. Wow. Uh, Mike, I am so blessed uh, to uh, listen to what you're talking about. I, I feel like even when I came into this podcast, I didn't really understand fully uh, what, what you do. And just even as we've had this conversation now, uh, you know, it's been, it's been an eye opener for me because we talk about mission connect. We talk about fulfilling God's mission for your life. And uh, as we said earlier, just like, I suppose we could say the same thing about other practical areas of our life when it comes to maybe our health, you know, how we yeah. take care of our bodies, right? How yeah. we take care of our relationships. And, and here we're talking about how we take care of our finances, because all of these things, if not managed correctly, put a strain on us fulfilling God's mission, because, you know, you can, you can only do as much as your body will let you do. You know, you can only do as much as your relationships are healthy and empower you to, to live out your mission. And you can only do what your finances will enable you to do. And, yeah. and so connecting your finances back to the one who gives money and gives finances, gives wealth, which is God, and going by his principle, I think is such an important yeah. Um, such an important principle in our to apply in our lives. And I think a lot of people miss out because, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, and you know, Mike, it's interesting. It, it, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, I went to a play, I went to, you know, I watched this, uh, you know, Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, and I, and I made a commitment to Christ, right? But, but beyond that, that's, that's good. I mean, you're saved, you have salvation. But what yeah. about what about the kingdom of God coming down on earth and, and you living out God's mission and you impacting your world? See, that takes now, the, you know, taking the Holy Spirit that's come inside of you and changed you, but saying, okay, Holy Spirit, how do I work things out in these practical areas of my life? 
right? Yeah. And uh, so I just want to encourage all of our listeners, uh, you know, uh, this, is, this, uh, this uh, conversation is a little different maybe from some of the other stuff we've talked about previously, but I think it's such a practical, necessary part of fulfilling God's mission for your life. The, mm-hmm. the wiser you are, the smarter you are, and especially younger people, I want to encourage you. Some of the mistakes, if you make a if you make mistakes with your finances when you're younger, it takes a lot of time to fix that. It's not, you know, you can obviously God will redeem everything, but uh, there's some practical implications to that. And at the same time, if you manage your finances well, uh, when you are younger, when you're in your late teens, early 20s, mid 20s, that will set you up for greater success yeah Yeah. you know to fulfill god's mission for your life so this is really really good mike unfortunately we've got to wrap it up here but give our listeners information on how they can get in touch with you they're listening right now and they're saying man i need to get my finances in order and set myself up for success uh in the years ahead how do they get in touch with you yeah um my website, MikeCroftsDaily.com. That's C-R-O-F-T-S Daily.com. Uh, head there and a uh, ton of information there. I got a ton of free resources. We're doing a seven-day money challenge for anyone who wants to come through. That's completely free. Uh, if you're social, Facebook.com slash MikeCroftsDaily and then Instagram at MikeCroftsDaily is the handle there. So you can reach me there. And uh, I'm always trying to post good content and inspire people to do better with money. Awesome. Well, that's, that's so needed. So thank you, Mike, for being a part of Mission Connect podcast. We've enjoyed having you on here. And I'm sure that you've made a difference uh, in the lives of our listeners that have joined us for this podcast. Thank you. Glad to be a part of it. Wow, that was an incredible podcast with so much wisdom on this area of finances. And, you know, one of the things that uh, when he was talking about his story about when they weren't sure each month whether they were going to make it, but they continued to give above and beyond. And Mm -hmm. understanding, you know, you said that money on a mission, you know, that understanding that our finances and our money are about giving to God's kingdom, giving on mission. What is God calling you to give, to resource, to finance? And when we understand it from that perspective, we, you know, our whole life will follow, right? It's like where your treasure is, there your heart is. So as we give and as we, uh, for God's kingdom, God provides and God gives us more than we need. And he, he, Um, empowers us or enables us to be able to go and to continue to give, continue uh, to, to, you know, have that money on a mission. You know, Emily, as you're talking about this, I'm I'm thinking of an analogy. Okay. So I don't know if it makes sense for everyone, but if you uh, have ever immigrated to a country, uh, this would make sense to you. So, you know, uh, recently I uh, went from being an Indian citizen, although I've lived in Canada now for uh, about 15 years almost now, uh, I went from being an Indian citizen to a Canadian citizen. And I was thinking about this concept of s- switching you know, allegiances, right? From one country to the other. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm the same person. But before I became a Canadian citizen, if something happened to me when I traveled to another country, really at the end of the day, the Canadian government, maybe because I was a permanent resident, they, they may try a little bit, but ultimately I'm not their responsibility. You know, right. it's like I've submitted myself to the Indian government and it's up to them. But the moment I said, I, I took that oath, of citizenship. And I said, I am giving myself to this country to be a citizen of this country, to follow the rules of this country, to live in this country, to pay tax in this country, all of that. Guess what Canada does? Canada says, you know what? You're our responsibility now. 
We're going to take care of you, right? And I thought about that in relation to what Mike was talking about with money. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times we look at money as being ours. It's my money. So I possess it. I decide what I want to do with it. And if I feel like it, I'm going to use it for mission. I'm going to give to God. I'm going to give to the kingdom, et cetera. But if you were to take money and say, hey, I'm going to take the oath of allegiance to the kingdom of God with my resources. I mean, and that's not just cash, but it's property, it's talents, it's giftings, everything that you consider is yours and it's a resource. You say, God, all of this belongs to you. You know, right. and, and when you think of it that way and you begin to invest into the kingdom and give and sow into the kingdom, because it's not like I'm doing God a favor, but I'm actually submitting my wealth and everything I have to him. Then mm-hmm. guess what? It's God's responsibility now to, to make sure that you're provided for, make sure that you're taken care of. And so right. even as Mike said, every month in those three months, God started bringing opportunities that were beyond their ability because they decided, hey, our money belongs to God. Yeah. That's good. And it's such a principle that we need to understand when we're understanding living on mission. And sometimes we don't, we think about what's my call, what skills do I have, what gifts do I have, you know, what time, you know, what time available do I have? To, but really, we, you know, finances sometimes is just something we don't think about. But that is a part of who we are and it's a part of God's kingdom. And so it's important to understand these principles. So if there's any listeners out there, again, Mike had mentioned how to get in touch with him, but it's MikeCroftsDaily.com. They can visit his website and Mike Daily on Facebook as well. If they're out there and they say, you know, I really need some coaching or just some of this understanding. Absolutely. So please make sure you tune in and uh, or log in, I should say, to that website and get more info on what Mike is doing. Thanks again for uh, joining us on this week's Mission Connect podcast. Uh, you can email us at missionconnect at passiontoreach.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to uh, get your feedback on uh, what you're learning through this podcast and maybe some ideas that you have of topics that we need to talk about and deal with as well. Or if you're someone that says, you know what, I have a story to share and I'd love to be on the podcast, get in touch with us. And um, we'd, love to, we'd love to showcase what God is doing in your life as well. So thanks again for tuning in and God bless. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.